I want to rock. Brothers and sisters, I want to see a sea of hands out there. Let me see a sea of hands. I want everybody to kick up some noise. I want to hear some revolution out there, brothers. I want to hear a little revolution. Brothers and sisters, the time has come for each and every one of you to decide whether you are going to be the problem or whether you are going to be the solution. You must choose, brothers. You must choose. It takes five seconds. Five seconds of decision. Five seconds to realize that it's time to move. It's time to get down with it. Brothers, it's time to testify. And I want to know, are you ready to testify? Are you ready? I give you a testimonial. Rock Talk. I'm John Otney. And I'm Colin Westman. It's a little Motor City 5 for you. Mm-hmm. Get you revved up. Yeah. Kick up some jams. That's, that's, that's a pretty awesome start to an album here. The guy just <laughs> shouting that, and then you just hear... Dun, dun, de, 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 de. Where was that recorded? I've never known. I, for some reason, I always imagined it was in a big circus tent, like you get the, the weird album cover. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. But that's real rock and roll. What we're going to talk about today is almost real rock and roll. So if you don't know, Rock Talk is just a, a just a podcast for me and my good buddy Colin here. Talk about rock and just kind of go down memory lane. But here we're kind of doing a weird thing. We're, we're talking about, I don't know how we ended up on this subject, but we're talking about actors that become musicians or at least try attempt to be musicians it's kind of an interesting subject i don't know if i've ever heard anyone talk about that maybe for a good reason (laughs) yeah i don't know if there's been like an actor who's really conquered the musical realm i feel like a lot of times it happens the other way around where a musician will kind of break into acting and sort of kind of pull it off I don't know like Justin Timberlake comes to mind there are probably others Lenny Kravitz obviously Lenny Kravitz (laughs) I feel like with him it's like he's about the same level of musician and actor he's like (laughs) pretty good I guess but whatever (laughs) he's just equally okay at everything I think I also heard Pat Oswalt once joke that like weird country singers like old like drug addicted country singers make great dramatic actors which is probably true country singers are very sad at least ones like older ones not like tim mcgraw (laughs) though tim mcgraw was in the blind side and was okay so maybe that still rings true but we're talking about rock here pure rock and roll and I think that just the best way to go into it is just to, to jump into it. Um, I kind of put it in sort of a chronological order, not really. It kind of jumps around from space to space. And I imagine after we're done recording this, I'll probably put in some songs to to go in with each artist to kind of complete your musical journey, you know, so we can share that. Uh, so we're going to start with the 60s. Man, I think you know. Mr. William Shatner, the Shat.
picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly. A girl with kaleidoscope eyes. The, what's this? The Transformer Man? The Transform Man? I should have written that down. I've heard it before. I've listened to the whole album. I believe it's called The Transformed Man. I have only listened to his version of <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds that's on that. That's You've like the best the whole track album? on that. I've listened to the whole album. I used to have it on my iPod. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, this will be interesting. I'll probably like, I might actually like like this. This might be like really cool. Well, you're like you're kind of into that Spock album too that Letter D Boy did. I don't yeah, know if he did. Funny. Did he do it in character as Spock? <laughs> I mean that song. So there's some other ones that are just like that high more serious, that highly illogical song. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's some other, there's some deep cuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this is like I don't even know where you start with this. So William Shatner, 1968, Star Trek has ended. Where do you go from here? You record an album, but you don't do it traditionally. You do it spoken word, like psychedelic rock. It also includes like a reading of King Henry V mm-hmm. and like theme from Serrano de Bergerac. It's a tambourine man. It's so weird because it's like he's not singing. He's just like acting over music. <laughs> Right? Basically, it's not singing. Because most of these are, you know, people singing. But William Shatner, it's almost like, I don't know, he strikes me as a very ego-driven guy. And it kind of sounds like, he's just like, I'm just such a great actor. I can just act (laughs) as music and people will like it. Just to hear me speak these words. Yeah, I mean, he's charismatic, though it comes off awfully strange. I think it plays a lot better over time because I mean, these days, William Shatner, he's kind of campy. He's an icon, mm-hmm. a sci-fi icon. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's camp. But back then, like, Star Trek, it had its following, but I don't think it was, like, a, this huge thing. So it's like, remember that guy from that sci-fi show? Check out this shit. <laughs> People just thought he was insane. I, I mean, I'd imagine. <laughs> like, him just being like, Mr. Tambourine Man. Mr. Tambourine Man! <laughs> That's a good track. He's like really scared. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds is a great track, though. It's super mellow. It's got pretty good backup vocals. The production's not bad on this album, actually. Mm-hmm. It's very psychedelic. It, it, I feel like it really fits the era. I'm a little disappointed he didn't do any songs about Star Trek. <laughs> Just trying to get get away from that at that point. <laughs> Just trying to, yeah. This is this is who I really am, I guess. And you know what's funny is, I guess we don't have to just talk about one, you know, William Shatner album, you know, or song, because you know he went on to do like Rocket Man and stuff. It seems like over time he's kind of embraced this, like, and like almost embracing the fact that people think it's dumb and corny, and he's been more willing to like make fun of it. But I wonder if that's, if he's kind of playing, oh, I knew that all along. It was always supposed to be funny. 
or if he's like oh shit <laughs> this sucks i better just <laughs> pretend like it was all a joke because <laughs> i don't know i mean i guess all that matters is he has a good sense of humor about it now mm-hmm. he did that album a handful of years ago i think it was with who was it with ben folds yeah and some people actually really liked that I mean, I, I like that cover of Common People on it. Like, yeah. They even play it on KEXP sometimes here in Seattle. And I, oh, really? Yeah. And I get excited. I like it. I mean, I like that original Pulp version, but this one's also, like, pretty sweet. I don't know why. There's just something. It's almost like he's, I don't know. There's just something very condescending about his performance in that. Like, he's just, like, talking to a younger person. He's just like, you want to live like common people? <laughs> like, why would you want to do that, you fool? It's pretty good. I mean, he's got a lot of personality. It's not, you know, it's not just a straight reading. It's, he's he's acting his ass off. <laughs> yeah. There are some of like his more recent album. Like I listened to his cover of that Major Tom song. I feel like he's kind of phoned it in on that. He's just always just straight talking. But yeah, I don't know. William Shatner, I'm like pretty, pretty like weirdly fascinated by his music. <laughs> like I was trying to sort of research more of these other artists that we're going to talk about, but I kind of just kept getting distracted wanting to listen to There's just I bizarre mean, it's, it's covers. very unique. Yeah. Did you hear his Iron Man cover? I have never heard that. <laughs> he does it very angry. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's like talking, but he, he's just like scowling basically. Now I want to listen to everything. You should. I want to listen to Has Been. I, I see I see here it got a 7.5 on Pitchfork. Well. Somebody's trolling. That, it, no way it's that good. <laughs> I, I still haven't heard a William Shatner song that didn't bring a smile to my face. <laughs> All right. So I, I think that brings it to... I, I have a ranking system for a lot yeah, of what is Yeah, what does he get on the, the Johnometer? <laughs> Well, I'm starting to have second thoughts. On, uh, so, so let me break it down. I have categories for each artist. Um, I have uh, my categories are musical talent, originality, listenability, and then I go an overall score, and that's out of ten for each one. So the I top feel like it's hard for Shatner because musical ability is like a one. <laughs> well, the here's other the thing about William me, Shatner, like a ten. He he probably has the the like it's most like it's so unique. The numbers are all over the place yeah. for my ranking of William Shatner. <laughs> so for musical talent, I gave him a one. Because <laughs> it's not music. He's just talking. <laughs> it's good talking. For originality, I gave him a 10. Because yeah. it's not like anything else I've ever heard. <laughs> Listenability, I'm starting to think I should go higher. I went with seven, but I don't know. This is awfully entertaining. I might bump that up to eight. Yeah, I have a pretty hard time not listening to a William Shatner track. <laughs> I'll bump that up to to mate. Maybe maybe if I change my mind compared to some of the other artist rankings, I'll bump it up to nine or something later because it's pretty damn funny. Though on that first album, some I could do without some of the the Shakespeare stuff. I think him doing spoken word versions of popular songs is a more interesting gimmick than just doing a straight up Shakespeare reading because that's not music at all. That's literally just him talking. There's no musical backing. There's probably like weird sounds and stuff. 
But um, I prefer when he's rocking out. <laughs> when he's doing Iron Man or whatever. <laughs> I can't even imagine what that would sound like, but I, I'm, I guess I'll have to check there's it out a, after this. There's a pretty sweet YouTube video that plays that song, and uh, over it is just a bunch of clips of him fighting in Star Trek. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what I just remembered? Do you remember when... William Shatner did the opening monologue at the AFI event for George Lucas. Have you ever seen that? Mm -mm. He comes out on stage thinking it's a Star Trek convention. It's a pretty good bit. And he's like, Star Wars? And then stormtroopers come to take him off stage. He's like, I can do Star Wars. (laughs) And then he sings, you did it your way. You know, my way, Frank Sinatra. But he talks it. He does his own. Okay, I'm bumping this up to a nine. This is for uh, listenability. This is too good. (laughs) Too good. It's pretty damn good. Because William Shatner, 20 out of 30 on the John Ometer. Yeah. Well, it's just weird because I feel like his lack of musical talent almost makes it better. <laughs> in a weird way. So it makes know. it unique. Yeah. The shat. All right, let's move on to another old timer. Mr. Old West Action himself, Clint Eastwood. Riding hard, riding fast, always on the go. This is just a drover's life, this is all I know. Now I've heard for years that Clint Eastwood was a musician, that he played piano, but I'd never heard anything until recently. Uh, I'm not even sure how much he recorded, it was hard for me to kind of find that out, but I did find a album of cowboy songs (laughs) that he sang during, you know, probably early 60s, maybe mid-60s, sometime after, which show is he on? Rawhide, but probably a little bit before one of those cowboy yeah, shows. Maybe sure a little bit before the... One, the... But I could say, like, Gunsmoke <laughs> or Bonanza. I don't know. It's all the same <laughs> shit to me. I just assume he was on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of those, but I think a little bit before he kind of broke out as the man with no name. I'm not sure on the timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is interesting because it's just Clint Eastwood singing cowboy songs, and he's an okay singer. It's not amazing, but it's better than I actually expected. You know, you know I was expecting <laughs> like just pure gravel, like gargling hot asphalt. Well, I feel like the gravelly Clint Eastwood voice was something he kind of leaned into more and more <laughs> as he got older. <laughs> like he doesn't like really talk like that. <laughs> Or at least yeah. he didn't when he was younger, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, this must be like 30-year-old Clint Eastwood. He probably sounded a little better. And I guess he did, because, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard this album now. It's okay. It's not amazing. It kind of sounds like I took some notes, and I said that um, it's something I bet Mr. Enzyme would like. <laughs> our, our, Just so everyone knows. Our junior uh, high and, history teacher. A junior high history geography teacher. I just feel like he liked boring, conservative cowboy music. <laughs> That's old. Not cutting edge in any way. Uh-huh. Uh, this seems like his kind of music. That I think that kind of crowd would really dig this. I don't know. The weird, the weird thing about Mr. Edside's taste of music, though, is that he was like, it really into the Ramones. Yeah. You know, you know, I've always wondered what it's like to be like a diehard Republican, but then say like, oh, but I really like Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> so what are you, what's going through your mind when you're saying these things? 
Because I see that all the time. Like Bill O'Reilly says, oh, I really love the doors. It's like, I'm sure they don't love you. <laughs> I guess I probably, you know, no, I don't think I do like a whole lot of artists that are like super conservative. I used, I had a Leonard Skinner face, but that is past. <laughs> Mr. Clint Eastwood. I couldn't find any of his other uh, songs. I think he did some music for Gran Torino. I don't remember it very well. I feel like it, it was just some piano and him going like, Okay, let's move on to someone way more cool with Mr. Eddie Murphy. like i first heard about this song through vh1 lists i'm not sure what those lists were but you know maybe most shocking rock and roll <laughs> eddie murphy doing music i don't think it was on that countdown i, bet it was oh, I forgot just... to give my clint eastwood ratings <laughs> oh yeah what are, what are oh yeah ratings? musical talent uh i put six i'm gonna drop that to five okay. originality i put two <laughs> Listenability five because it's so fucking boring. Okay, I guess him a score of twelve. Eddie Murphy. I guess this is just pop, if you want to categorize it. Dance pop, maybe not dance. It's just it's just a catchy pop number. Did you listen to anything else of his? Yeah, right. it was okay. I think I listened to one other song from the eighties, and then did you ever come across? There's this song and video he did with Michael Jackson called what's up with you no what is up with 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 that i kind of love it it's just like this super catchy pop song (laughs) it's like the video it looks like like a 90s screensaver basically (laughs) it's just like (laughs) eddie murphy hanging out like floating in between the clouds and there's just all these like computer generated like musical notes and peace signs like swirling around him and then, like, Michael Jackson just walks over and starts singing this song. And, like, not gonna lie, I totally had it stuck in my head, like, a few weeks ago when we were doing wow. research for it. I wonder, you know, I know there's an Eddie Murphy album where on the cover he's wearing sunglasses and is hanging out by some clouds. I wonder if <laughs> that's the same time period. Or He's wearing sunglasses? Yeah, he's wearing sunglasses in the video. Okay, it's probably around that period, like, early 90s, that album. Mm-hmm. That's, like, his last going out on a high note yeah though i did find out eddie murphy did record a handful of singles as recently as about two years ago i think i might have seen i I found those on youtube and they were reggae Hmm. they're reggae music (laughs) and he's playing guitar and he's hanging out with snoop lion who well snoop lion at the time yeah Back when Snoop was really into reggae, do you remember that? He just did like a whole red reggae album. Yeah, vaguely remember that. Well, he's hanging out with Eddie Murphy doing reggae. Mm. That stuff was, eh, you know, whatever. He's pretty lazy. Yeah. I gotta check out this Michael Jackson thing. I don't know how I missed that. 
I, I knew they were friends. I mean, Eddie Murphy, one of the biggest stars that time. Yeah, he's a, he's in one of Michael Jackson's '90s videos. Can't remember the name of that song. Was it? Yeah, is it? It's it's probably off that album. That's super fancy. <laughs> I know. Dangerous, right? I know. What you're about. Or is it later? Yeah. That is a it's, fancy. It has album Michael cover. Jackson's eyes, and then and then just everything around super it is super fancy. fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I haven't heard that one. At least I don't remember hearing that one. Neither have I. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, Party All the Time, number two hit single. It's pretty impressive for, you know, a comedian. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like you got a better taste of Eddie Murphy because you got to check out that Michael Jackson track. So I'll ask you, Colin, musical ability for Eddie Murphy. What do you think? Because I literally listened to one other song by him. Um, (laughs) What are we ranking first? His musical ability, his ability as a singer. He's not a bad singer. He's not a great singer either, but, you know, he's a nice pop voice. I, I'll give him, like, a mm-hmm. six, maybe. That's, that's exactly what I'd given him. Mm-hmm. Originality. Uh, I mean, he's basically just trying to be Michael Jackson, I feel like. <laughs> so I give it, like, a three. Three, Okay. And then listenability overall. I mean, it's hard to judge because there's so much stuff, but... What I have heard is fairly listenable. <laughs> I think I'd give him a six for that, too. Awesome. 15. All right. Not so bad, but, you know, I I don't know. <laughs> he could have done much worse. It's fine. Yeah. Unlike our next artist, which is Don Johnson. <laughs> really did listen to much Don Johnson. It was really hard to listen to one song. <laughs> of course, Don Johnson was uh, memorable for being on Miami Vice. His co-star also did an album, but I was like, how, how deep is this going to go? <laughs> Am I going to listen to an album by Tubbs? I don't think so. So this is uh, Heartbeats, the name of the album. It's also the name of the single, number five hit single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but... It's pretty good. I suppose... It's kind of catchy. Yeah. I also noticed the album featured a lot of uh, impressive guitarists on it. It's specifically guitarists. Like, that's where he really needed to put his emphasis. <laughs> Dickie Betts, Ronnie Wood, and Stevie Ray Vaughan all play on this album. Nice. Just rocking it up. <laughs> uh, Heartbeat, in my memory, was pretty funny. Another song I think I discovered during the VH1 era of my life. Mm-hmm. You know. Him with a walkie-talkie, maybe running from some danger. Heartbeat, I'm looking for a heartbeat. But the rest of the song really wasn't that good. And I tried listening to one other song. It was a ballad. Maybe got 20 seconds in. <laughs> it was boring. So, it was a lot of ballads. Are we, are we even going to rank him? I ranked him. Uh, musical right. talent, four. Okay. Sing. Maybe even lower. No, four's fine. He's he's got the passion. Yeah. 
Originality three. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> Listenability three. I think it's like a ten. I mean, Heartbeat is a, an actual song. Sure. So it gets points. He didn't write it. I think his name may. I don't know if his name is actually on any of these songs. He probably came up with one word. What about heart? Oh, what about heartbeat? Oh, it's even better. <laughs> I mean, this is just a case of, um, I need to make more money. So <laughs> what can I do? You see, they're not going to put me in a lot of movies. Oh, I'll, I'll do music. That's it for some of these artists. We haven't really talked about the reasons artists, uh, you know, go this path. I, I assume some of them, it's just for money. But you know, I assume there's others where it's like, you know, I'm an artist. I want to create. I want to do as much as I can. I feel like it's mostly that. Like, I kind of assume the music for most of these guys is just always a thing they've liked and enjoyed. But I have to assume they always just treated it as more of a hobby, which is why yeah. none of them are that good at it. Because, you know, it's really hard to make a living as a musician. But these guys kind of took a shortcut like. <laughs> getting successful in another arena and then they just kind of use their influence or whatever to be like yeah i'll make an album because i got the money someone who most definitely got the money bruce bruno willis respect yourself Bruce Willis. Uh, so the album he did was was called Return of Bruno. I, I guess he has an alter ego. It's his Ziggy Stardust. Sure. Was, was there a absence of Bruno? Where'd Bruno go? <laughs> I don't know. I know there's a HBO special that's a mockumentary about Bruno. You know, I think it's a comedy, you know, half hour special where they talk about Bruno and his history. So I think that would probably clear up everything. Okay. But for everyone else who didn't see that, because who was watching HBO in, what, 1988? Everyone else is just like, what, what the fuck is it? Return of Bruce? No, it's Bruce. Did they spell his name wrong? It's Bruce. <laughs> Bruce Willis. So this album is mostly just blues rock covers. He didn't write any of these songs. At least I don't, I don't believe so. It's not in my notes. He, he certainly didn't write Respect Yourself, which was the hit song. Uh, he plays a lot of harmonica because that's what you do if you're just a dude who wants to rock. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd kind of forgotten what his big hit was. Like I, I think I remembered it was called "Respect Yourself," but then like I was like, "Oh, it's that Staples Singers song," which I've kind of become familiar with in the last few years because I've been getting into a lot of that Stax record stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really disappointing. <laughs> it's just a worse version of this song. Oh, yeah. Also, there's a cover here that was his second single. It wasn't a successful cover of The Drifters Under the Boardwalk. Fuck that and song. I found, a, <laughs> I found a video on YouTube of him playing it yeah. with The uh, Drifters. I just feel so bad for them. They're probably just like, well, you know, it's food on the table. It's food on the table. I'll take what I can get. Oh, man. <laughs> they have to stand behind this douchebag. 
He's like, oh, I'm a diehard. Hey, let's do this song. Oh, it'd be cool if I did it, right? I'm a good singer. It sucks. It sucks so much. Yeah. He thinks he's so chill. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. I was hoping, oh, Bruce Willis, like, he's a tough guy. This will probably rock. He'll probably put everything he has into it. What does he ever put any everything he has into anything? <laughs> That's a good point. I guess even in his action movies, he's just like, oh, hey, how's it going? It's me, Bruce Willis. Better get to where we gotta go, guys. I feel like he's literally the guy that shows up on set and he's like, you know, you're just gonna get what I'm gonna give you, okay? I'll give you, like, one or two good takes and then we're moving on, all right? That's the Bruce Willis way. But I don't know. I mean... I guess it's something he really wanted to do. All right. What are the rankings for? I don't know now. Like, I th- I'm looking at my rankings. I'm like, these are way too high. Yeah. I'm going to need some some corrections here, Colin. So musical talent, I had five. I think that needs to go lower. Like three. Four. Three. <laughs> Whatever. Originality. I had four. Two. I'm going to move that down to two because it's all covers. <laughs> at least even Don Johnson attempted to co-write songs. Mm-hmm. It didn't work, but he attempted. Yep. Bruce Willis is probably just pull the songs into my, out of my chair. I'm just looking at my listenability. Uh, as bad as they are, I can like, I don't like. They don't drive me insane. No. I had five, and I, I think I'll take that down to four. So four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the lowest score I've given yet. <laughs> That's what you get for not trying. I feel like it's more like his personality who drove this thing down. His who gives a shit personality. It's yeah. It's 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 more just the fact that he just didn't care. Yeah. Like you know you you hear about like in sports when you're when you're a kid and there's the tea like the spirit award. He yeah. receives whatever the exact opposite of that is. <laughs> the quitter award. I don't know. The No Spirit Award. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Someone who has a little too much spirit. <laughs> Mr. Crispin Glover. You keep saying you got something for me. And something you call love, I confess. You've been the mess where you shouldn't been a mess. And now someone else. I had an interesting experience with Crispin Glover's music recently. So I was coming back back from a really long uh, car trip, you know, seven hour drive. And I was, you know, back in the Seattle area on the freeway, almost home. It's probably about 1230 at night. And I was listening to 102.5, which you'll probably hear about on this podcast from time to time. It's Seattle's premier classic rock station. And I didn't know, I don't know if this is what they do every Sunday night, but they're playing weird cuts, unusual music. Did you know that they did this? Um, Sunday nights? Hmm, I don't know if I did. I mean, I I know they they do their own specialty shows, I remember, when I we used to listen to KZOK regularly back in high school. But no, I didn't know about that. So I'm listening to that. They're playing lots of weird... Kind of obscure late 70s, early 80s, 
punk, post-punk, all sorts of weird stuff. And then this song comes on, and it's these boots are made for walking. And, I, you know, I recognize the riff, the, the guitar riff. And then this voice, these boots are made for walking. And I'm like, who is this? And I'm like, is this the talking heads? That's what, that's what, that was my guess. It's like, okay, it's the talking heads, but they just weren't trying. It's supposed to be like, like a, a B-side of a B-side, something you were never meant to hear, here, you know. That, that, this, that must be it. And then I went home and I found out it's Crispin Clover. So somebody out there thinks this is kind of neat. Uh, I don't know if I feel that way because I don't know if I can really call this music. So, Colin, what did did you check out any of Crispin Glover's music? I heard music? that music. Uh, song you were just talking about, and I also heard some other song. It's called like Cloudy Cloud Cloud. Was, oh yeah, that like, one has a music video. Yeah, it's just like this shot on VHS. Weird circus music. Yeah, it's definitely uh, pretty out there. It's it's kind of funny. It's I don't know. It's. <laughs> It's challenging. I, I, it's I'm sure something. there's some people out there that think this is amazing. Probably. Because it's very avant-garde. And I'm sure there's some people that really respond to that. I mean, they're playing it on the radio. That guy must have liked it. He must have thought this was like some uh, like Captain Beefheart type shit. <laughs> so I think, you know, on that level, it probably succeeds. But for me... I mean, he's not a very good singer. Some of these tracks, I listen to most of that that whole album. They're just him talking, like telling weird little like nursery rhymes over <laughs> like broken xylophones. <laughs> it's just, it's just, a little, it's just a little too much. That album is called um, "The Big Problem Does Not Equal the Solution." The solution equals "Let It Be." And uh, in the liner notes, it states that if you discover what the big problem is, you can call 213-464-5053 to tell Glover what you think it is. Do you think that was actually his phone number? I mean, that's what the, that's what it says. It says it was uh, discontinued as of 2007. <laughs> I'm surprised it stuck around for that long. I mean, that's just when somebody checked. I'm sure it lasted like a month. <laughs> I know what the solution is. Or no, the, excuse me, the big problem. Seriously, what if someone found it in like 2003? Oh yeah, they saw, maybe it was just solved. Maybe. That's why. That's why they took we, it to solve the big problem. <laughs> you know, this album kind of makes me sad because I feel like it's around this period that Crispin Glover kind of started disappearing a little bit. I mean, he's had a handful of roles over the past 20 years, but it's like... He was what kicking David Letterman. If you hear that story, I know he did something weird. Karate kicked someone on late night television, and being really weird on sets and not getting a lot of parts. So it's kind of sad, but I, you know, maybe this was something he really wanted to do. They play it on the radio. Somebody must like it. I think you should you should qualify that by saying it has been played on the radio. It's been played on the radio. I doubt it gets a ton of consistent airtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, that's 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 kinda neat. I also remember uh there's a remake of the movie Willard in the early two thousands with Crispin Glover. 
and uh, he sang Ben, a cover of Ben in a dream sequence in that movie. It's kind of fun. That's actually not a bad movie. I've seen both versions of uh, Willard and enjoyed both of them. Uh, but yeah, really, really weird stuff. So let's move on to the rankings. Musical talent, I gave him a three. I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think I'm being too generous with these ratings. <laughs> it's funny because none of them are that high. <laughs> three is pretty low. Yeah, you're just still like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, two. Originality. Originality is probably pretty high. That's yeah. probably like, mm, like seven or eight. Yeah, I was gonna say seven. Okay, seven. Listenability, I got it at like a four because it's kind of it's kind of interesting, but also very nightmarish. Mm-hmm. So you could listen. That to scares it, me a but bit. Not for that long. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like a album recorded by a crazy person. <laughs> so. Uh, 13. Someone who's definitely, most definitely not crazy. Got a good, big, huge head on his shoulders. <laughs> is Mr. David Hasselhoff. Woo! His breakout album was The Night Rocker. Did you happen to check out the album cover for that, call? I know very little about David Hasselhoff's musical career. The Night Rocker, you say? Yeah, it's just him standing on a car or something. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I love it. Uh... <laughs> 1985. So did you, did you get a chance to check out any of the Hoffs cuts? I think I did, but I can't remember any of them, really. <laughs> um, well, that's good, because they probably make you want to slit your wrist. They're terrible. I mean, yeah. He sounds like a guy at a karaoke bar. And he's using way too much vibrato, which is what bad singers do. He's definitely got a very Tom Jones vibe. But, like, Tom Jones in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's old Tom Jones, but he's young. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. At first, I thought this stuff was sort of funny, but I went down this weird rabbit hole of his music, and I hated it the more, the deeper I got, because he's done a lot of music. He's recorded a lot of covers mm. and a couple original tracks, but some of those covers, just like, they're horrible. Like I heard uh, Secret Agent Man. There's a music video, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just him in a suit, just, like, looking cool. <laughs> and California dreaming. Of course, his big hit was Looking for Freedom, yeah. which was a number one hit in Germany and Switzerland in 1989. I don't know how that happened. What? Why do they like him so much? I was trying to figure that out. 
That name sounds sort of German. Hasselhoff? Sure. (laughs) It's gotta be. But aside from that, I don't know. I guess his music just really resonated with him. Didn't they have him perform uh, near the the Berlin Wall after it came down? I feel like there is footage. Yeah, Yeah, there's, there's a show. So... He's basically like their hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was it. That was a huge event over there, and you know, it's like, well, who are we gonna get to commemorate this? Oh, guy from from Knight Rider, of course. He's great. <laughs> I don't get it. It's it's one of the more confusing actor turn artists uh, for me that we have on this list because he's pretty popular, but I don't know why. I don't see it. I don't know what any of it has to do with Germany. It's just a thing that exists. All right. I, I guess I, I guess I'll move on to the rankings for that one. <laughs> Musical talent. He can carry a tune. It's not great. I gave him a four. Originality, four. Listenability. Uh, I don't know. Some of the songs are sort of funny. Five, I guess. Sure, five. <laughs> it's still a fail if, it's, if this is a test. That feels that feels wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like your your numbers were a little higher than your By feelings attitude. towards him. Yeah. All right, fine. Listenability. I'm bring down the four. Yeah, that's that's more like it. Right, Twelve. I feel a little more comfortable with. Uh, that's still higher than Bruce Willis, but you know it's because the Hoff. As much as I didn't like it, he's still trying. That's something. He's a man with passion. Another man with so much passion, oozing passion, is Russell Crowe. Sailors coming home again From over the ocean He's been away so long He's forgotten his name When we were coming up with this list, he was definitely one of the, you know, like, we gotta talk about Russell Crowe. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like his music isn't super remarkable. It's more just the band he's in has a really funny name <laughs> more than anything else. Yeah, 30 uh, Odd Foot of Grunts. That's the one. Yeah, what does that mean? It must be a, a European thing. Where He's from where? Wales, maybe? I thought he was Australian. Oh, Australian, yeah. Let's just say Something. it's an Australian. Let's say it's Turn an Turn of phrase thing. or something, yeah. You know, I think the thing about Russell Crowe is there's we have some big stars on this list, but, I mean, he's an Oscar winner. I mean, Clint Eastwood's an Oscar winner too, but Russell Crowe's an Oscar winning actor. You know, he's he's a thespian. You imagine when he does music, it's going to be everything he has into it. It's going to be all of his passion. And do you think that comes through? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it would be like, yeah, because um, we talked about doing this subject a while ago. I listened to his band probably about a month ago, and I can't really remember what it was like. It seemed like generic 90s rock. I wrote, kind of has a Tom Petty vibe. 
Not his singing, but the backing, the musical backing. I'm talking like 90s. Donald Petty. <laughs> a little bit after, when the hits started to dry up a little bit. When he was like putting Johnny Depp in all his videos. Or was that the 80s? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I had the hardest time trying to decide if he was a good singer. <laughs> On some tracks, I'm like, yeah, this sounds like, yeah, this is a, this is a real, he's a real singer. Then other times, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Just kind of how he talks. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at my ranking. I gave him a six for musical talent. He, he could play guitar. Ooh. That gives him a big boost. How many other guys here have been able to play an instrument? It's probably, probably most of them. Probably quite a few, actually. Actually, yeah. Except for William Shatner and... Because yeah, uh, William Shatner can't even sing. <laughs> Bruce Willis probably Carolina harmonica. He can play counts. harmonica. That the, doesn't count. The laziest instrument of all. <laughs> It just because it's just breathing. Yep. <laughs> Respect yourself. Ow. So Russell Crowe, I, I gave a six for musical talent. I'll I'll go with it. Um, I mean, I noticed the band had been around for a long time, so it's definitely something he's been doing, like he's been into for a long time. You know. Yeah. He he puts a lot of effort into it so i can respect that <laughs> originality i gave a five it's, you know whatever it's fine listenability i gave a five it wasn't that bad mm-hmm. uh though i is pretty forgettable yeah it gives him a 16 that's not too shabby it's pretty high it's pretty high someone <laughs> want to be quite as high as uh mr hugh laurie Mr. House. That's Dr. House. Doctor, excuse me. <laughs> you are excused. But... He, he didn't go all those years of medical school to be called Mr. So Dr. House did an album with tiny pianos. At least that's the album cover. I also watched some videos and I saw some other pictures of him with a tiny piano. Mm-hmm. It's his thing. Yeah. He's like he's like Schroeder from Charlie Brown. <laughs> I feel like that would make his music so much more interesting if he just recorded all of it on tiny instruments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was excited like when I saw that. I was like, oh, this is going to be something kind of quirky probably. You know, he's a strong background in comedy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be eccentric and off the wall. It's really not, though. Yeah. I wrote this down as dad rock or dad jazz, whatever genre this is. I don't know. How would you classify Hugh Laurie's music? I just don't feel like I got enough of a sense of it. I feel like there was kind of a blues element, too, also. Mm-hmm. Which. I feel like there are too many actors, too many white guy actors who do, like, a blues thing, and it's like, okay. 
it's such a hard genre of music to pull off because you like have to be super authentic about it and it's been done a million times to death like why do you why would you think some <laughs> some second rate actor would be like the guy to finally like <laughs> bring the blues alive in the 21st century <laughs> I don't know I mean yeah. I don't know how this happens I listened to most, mostly cuts from the second album. That's the tiny piano one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I think it was the second one. And uh, yeah, it's I guess bluesy. It's, uh, it's, I guess I said jazzy because there's some some a lot of piano work. He plays piano. Yeah. I'm not sure what else he plays. He probably plays a little guitar. He played guitar on house. <laughs> Sing wise, he's not great. I was I was disappointed. I like Hugh Laurie. I was expecting him to be a good singer for I don't know why. I just. <laughs> I mean, he does such a great American accent. I figured he could do a great American singing voice. I don't know. And just listening to it, I don't know. I felt like I was watching an episode of like a sitcom where a dad gets together with his friends and they perform in a bar. Or maybe it's like a dream sequence on an episode of House. Like, it didn't feel... <laughs> I think you brought up a good word, authentic. It does not feel authentic no. in the slightest. <laughs> It's just like, oh, I'm kind of having fun. And good for him for having fun, but I'm not having fun. <laughs> like, you shouldn't expect people to pay money for you to have fun on record. I don't, there must be an audience out there, though, because when I was back at working at Barnes & Noble, I once had someone come in and was like, do you have Hugh Laurie music? <laughs> and I was wondering, do you think they're one of those people who just gobbles up everything Hugh Laurie related or do they really like the music I don't know I think they might mainly like house <laughs> I would, that, uh, yeah I would think they're just house super fans that are the main <laughs> audience for this music but it does kind of have that like adult contemporary vibe where it's like you could definitely trick an old person into buying this <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you're old, it's tough. It's tough to, to get back out there and listen to new music. So It's like, this guy's putting out an album. He's roughly my age. Which... And he's that guy from that show I like. What? What? Yeah, what's not to like? <laughs> it's a safe bet. Mm-hmm. It's nothing too scary. So that's why old people listen to Hugh Laurie. <laughs> Young people listen to Jason Schwartzman. late edition i pretty much put it on here like like an hour ago so i'd be surprised if you had much time to take in any jason schwartzman con do you know if you've ever heard any hey, of his music i i had exactly an hour before <laughs> to listen so. to some of this music so i did listen to a few songs from uh what's 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 the band's name coconut coconut records, records. yeah it's just him though mm-hmm. i f- thought it was weird that he sings a lot like that guy from phoenix yeah. And it's like, 
isn't he like related to that guy? Because like Sofia uh, Coppola yeah, is his is, cousin, is. and she's married to him. That's weird. Actually, is yeah, that's right, cousin, cousin. So yeah, he is related. It's like, interesting family. Got a nice style, dude. But he was doing this stuff for a little while. I remember. Oh, I forgot to look up the movie. I remember a movie from the '90s. Where at the end of it, he, like, while the credits rolled, played like looking at the camera on a piano and sang. So he's always been into that. Well, and he, uh, he started as a drummer, right? Yeah, dr- drumming too. He was the drummer for Phantom Planet. Yeah. He does play on that California song on drums. Oh yeah, for the OC. <laughs> so he's good. He knows how to play. That's he's very competent. I mean, yeah, it's more than these other ones it feels like he actually has kind of a background in music since it, it you know it feels like he was like maybe even torn between choosing a career in music or acting cuz i feel like he he probably did rushmore really early on and then i be, i bet for a while he was probably having more success with phantom planet but then i don't know maybe he got some other roles and he was like yeah i'll, I'll do the acting thing more now so yeah, he's he's like a legit musician, I would say. And there's a handful of songs of his that I I do enjoy. I think the first time I ever became really aware of his music was in the mid 2000s. Was a trailer for a movie. I think it was called Adam. Some generic indie movie. I think I do remember seeing a trailer I just remember, for that movie. <laughs> I just remember the trailer, and it's it's it starred the guy who's on uh, who's on Hannibal, but not Mads Mikkelsen. Okay, no, that would be a very different movie. Because <laughs> he's it's a, it's about a movie where this guy he's very quirky, Asperger's trying to fall in love with a girl. I don't remember. Maybe like Rose Byrne. I don't remember. Let's just say it's Rose Byrne, even if that's not right. Sure, it's not like anyone remembers this movie. And just the the music they played in that trailer. Uh, I probably have all those songs now on my iTunes. Like hmm. it was a good trailer cut. Like it's a good trailer <laughs> soundtrack. I believe they played Wires. What are the other songs I'm interested to know. Uh, you know, I can only remember. I can only remember two now, but I know there was a third. There's Wires by Coconut Records, and also If You Love Somebody by the Fruit Bats. You know, If You Love Somebody. Oh, na, 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 na. I really like that song. So good, good trailer. I never saw the movie, but great trailer soundtrack to add to Adam, if that's what it's called. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> so I've given like the most vague facts about this movie. I think it's called Adam. It might have that guy from Hannibal, but I don't know his name. It may have Rose Byrne, but I don't think okay. so. Let's 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 look this movie up. Um, <laughs> Adam from 2009. I'm guessing this is it. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it is Rose Byrne. It's got Peter Gallagher. No, I'm noticing some discrepancies in the sad track. The songs from the trailer are not in the movie, <laughs> at least not on the soundtrack you can purchase. I'm pissed. Yeah. I hate it I feel when like that happens. That usually happens. <laughs> It always happens. I, I remember a trailer for Kill Bill Volume 2 that had the vines ride. And I'm like, this isn't going to be in the movie. What are they doing? <laughs> so, 
So that's disappointing. But Adam, check it out. It, I don't see any Jason Schwartz's music, but check out the trailer. Mm-hmm. I can. Re- I never saw the movie. That's all I can recommend. <laughs> yep. But Coconut Records, D- Dave Davy, that album I've heard most of. Uh, Davy, and it's mellow. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I think he had a song that may have been in um, a Judd Apatow movie too. Maybe was it was. It, was, it was, was probably funny people? funny people, which he was also in. Yeah. I want to say it was West Coast, which is a song I hear from time to time. It's a nice song. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, ranking musical talent, I gave an eight. That's pretty good, right? I mean, I, I bet he can play multiple up. instruments. I mean, when you compare it to everyone else, eight doesn't feel high enough. Yeah, that's that's good. Originality, I don't know, seven, eight. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's definitely on the lower end for originality. Okay, because it's definitely like pleasant indie pop. There's there's a lot of that out there, but I go yeah, seven maybe. Seven. Listenability, I'll give an eight. It's pretty listenable. Mm-hmm. It's enjoyable. It's not like I wouldn't be like, dude, you have to listen to this. You have yeah. to listen to Coconut Records. I would never force this on anyone. <laughs> that makes it sound bad. No, it's good. It's mellow. It's nice. But that's pretty much all it is. Uh, let's move on to another quirky, cool indie artist, Zoe de Chanel. <laughs> definitely given a lot of crap in the past for being having that quirky persona (laughs) but musically honestly i've always kind of liked she and him i've heard two of their albums whoa yeah and that wasn't in preparation for this list that was just i just did it because i wanted to Mm mm-hmm do they even have that many albums? Do they only have like three albums? They have three albums. But they also have like a Christmas album. You know too, what? Right? I've heard the third one. It was a store playlist CD at Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Listen to a lot of weird music from that job. Yeah. So I think I've heard it all. <laughs> all right. And, you know, I don't know if, if it's because M. Ward is a pretty solid producer and songwriter, but I think she does have a pretty good voice. And she has, like, a quirky, fun style. I think I've always... Uh, my, my key word to... I use one word to define all of Zoe Deschanel's music, and that's darling. I feel like she uses that word all the time. Oh, my darling. Darling rock. Yeah. rock. You know, kind of something that you'd only hear an old cowboy or maybe Roy, Orbins, Roy Orbison say. Yeah, there's there's definitely like an old timey quaintness just to the way she sings. <laughs> That's kind of pleasant. I I could understand if someone finds it a little grating or just irritating, which is, I feel like what a lot of people feel about Zoe Deschanel in general. 
But I'm fine with her. I like New Girl. It's yeah. a funny show. She used to th- sing the theme song, but then they shortened the theme song, and then they kind of just got rid of the theme song. Interesting. So that's where most of my musical experience <laughs> comes from with her. Just watching that short little New Girl theme song during seasons one through three. But her and M. Ward have done some pretty good songs. In the Sun is a song I hear all the time in clothing stores. I used to have a... Uh, a, a pl- it definitely feels like American apparel music or something. <laughs> I used to have a, a CD that I'd play in my car called... Um, I had two... I think it was on... I had a, a, a burned disc called Indiana Rock. It's all indie music. Mm-hmm. I also had one that was alternatively. I can't remember which compilation it was on, but I definitely had In the Sun on one of those. And it was always enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've heard a lot more of her work than I, I thought I had, but yeah, I have. <laughs> she was also on, uh, I think she, yeah, she was on Brian Wilson's last album. That wasn't so good, but it's not her, it's not her, her fault. Um, she also, I think, interviewed uh, Brian Wilson back when they did MySpace Artists on Artists. Do you remember those? Dude, I totally remember those. <laughs> that was sweet. I think that you can still see that on YouTube. Hers good. is pretty good because... <laughs> She's just in like such awe, Brian Wilson, mm-hmm. and he's just you know, I mean he's nice, but he's like, I'm Brian Wilson. This is Joey Deschanel. <laughs> <laughs> he's just pretty laid back. Like he's like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's just do it. Yeah. And just like every one of like, like she's like they're at the Hollywood Bowl, and she's like the first artist I saw here was Gilberto Gil. Who's the first artist you saw here? He's like, mm, I don't know, probably the Beatles. <laughs> She's just like <laughs> mind blown. That's kind of a fun interaction. Mm-hmm. One thing I don't like about Zoe Deschanel, she broke Ben Gibbard's heart. I don't know what happened with that relationship, but uh, mm-hmm. it went sour, man. Yeah, whatever. Brought him back to Seattle. He's one of our own. He belongs here. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's probably for the best. Okay, so my rankings, musical talent, I don't know. I like her voice a lot, but I'm not sure if she'd be considered a great singer. I gave her an eight. Does that feel too high? Maybe. I'll go, I'll do, I'll do seven. Any hesitance, I'll seven. Do. Yeah. Originality, uh, I don't know. Darlin, it's Darlin Rock. Seven. Sure. Seven. Who else is doing Darlin' Rock no, these no. days? <laughs> I mean, Roy Orbison did do it, but he's been dead for like 20 years. So. Listenability, uh, seven or eight. Seven. Oh, seven. That's pretty good. That's a, that's a solid score. Uh, another person who was pretty popular with the MySpace crowd, Mr. Jared Leto <laughs> of 30 Seconds to Mars. What if I wanted to break Still pretty relevant, not for his music, but for his his acting. He will be the Joker. So get to see his Heath Ledger impression in a couple months. <laughs> but let's let's focus on his music. I was very aware of when this was going on. Because this was around the period when we were in high school, junior high, playing in our rock band. 
and every other band we play with is fucking emo band. <laughs> Ever want to be like fucking Thirty Seconds to Mars or Fallout Boy? It sucked. Wasn't that weird? Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't be like that now. If we started, if we were in high school and started a band, it'd be mostly like. Actually, I don't know what it'd be like. I don't. I don't even know what young rock bands are into nowadays. Yeah. But definitely, when we were young, it was emo, and so I really hated bands like Thirty Seconds to Mars. But uh, you know, I, I checked them out. I, I didn't think I knew any of their songs, but then I immediately knew the song that I listened to, "The Kill." Did you check yeah. out any Thirty Seconds? To... Yeah, you remember that one? Yeah, I I watched a few of their videos. It's just the problem is like I feel like all their music videos are like ten minutes long. <laughs> they have to have. So they're time. like. I guess Jared Leto's acting career is kind of on the skid, so he's just like, "This is the most I'm gonna get to act." We better take this for all it's worth. That's a funny idea. Like, oh man, my, my act is not working out. I better. I'll just do this for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's competent. I'd actually say it's pretty competent. He's he's a, a decent singer. You can play a guitar. They they play instruments. They're they're a real band. I just don't like emo music personally. I mean. It is, but it's like that weird kind of like pop emo where it's like there's not really even that much of an edge to it. Like it's pretty straightforward mainstream rock. Yeah. But but it's it's still not like, yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> it's, it's definitely in that like panic at the disco vein. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate panic. You know what I hate about panic disco? If you ever looked at like a song title, they're all these huge paragraphs look at how smart we are we took (laughs) fucking literature classes in college yeah it's funny because if you look at a panning of the disco album now like the track list it's not like that it's like oh shit this didn't work we need to make money fast (laughs) we can't be all smart anymore i don't know if 30 seconds of mars is still a thing i don't really care if it is yeah, I don't know. I wonder if Jared Leto's just kind of gone back to acting now. I mean, he's got an Oscar now. So, yeah. Yep. He's back. He's in it to win it. <laughs> now he's going to be in this huge blockbuster. But I don't know. I've never really liked Jared Leto that much. He kind of creeps me out. I was reading some, some <laughs> shit. He, he does seem a little into himself. <laughs> well, I was reading, like, when he was in 30 Seconds of Mars, he was hooking up with so many girls that were very clearly underage and being, like, a total freaking weirdo. And did you hear about, while they're doing Suicide Squad, how he, like, sent everyone used condoms? Yeah. He sounds... And then when he made that movie where he played John Lennon's killer. I got, like, super fat for it. Oh, yeah, and he had to use a wheelchair because he got... He got gout. I, mean, I guess that there's no reason to throw that into the reasons I don't like him, but I will. Well, it's interesting because I have to ask, what is gout? It's when your legs, like your feet, your feet really swell up with like kind of like mm-hmm. bulges from getting too much. Yeah. What is it? Oil, maybe. Like they used to call, you know, it's a rich man's disease. Kings would get it from eating too much like smoked fish. Hmm. He got it from eating ice cream with soy sauce. Because he's a vegetarian, so. He had to pick the grossest way to get fat. 
gosh. Okay. <laughs> just a bowl of like oils and ice cream. <laughs> That's so disgusting. Great. Glad we got that little digression. That was that was a little bit of little taste of grout talk. <laughs> Our next podcast. Yes. Gout talk. Um, I wish it was gonna be Fat Joker. That'd be way better. <laughs> Fat Joker in a wheelchair. Fat Joker. Missed opportunity. Okay, I guess I'll move on to the ranking. Again, someone I ranked a while ago. When I was putting together this list earlier this week, I'm thinking too high. I, musical talent, I gave a seven. Because he can sing. He can actually sing. There's some people on this list that don't know how to do that. <laughs> Originality, I'm struggling. Do you think that deserves a pass? Oh, I don't think he's that. this music is that original. Okay, four. <laughs> I give a four, yeah. Listenability, it's pretty well produced. It's pretty polished. I gave sure. it a five. Yeah, it's not the music I'd ever listened to. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it's fairly competent. Like I said, they're a real band. There's a mm-hmm. lot of artists on here that can't say that, that they're not real musicians. Bruce Willis is not a real musician. So. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because, like, I keep thinking of this band. I'm like, I don't like these guys at all. But it's still like, yeah, they're a real band. <laughs> they <laughs> Like, they could actually be comparable to legitimate you know, professional musicians. They're still not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Very, very strange scale here. I don't know. Next, we move on to superstar, most successful actress of all time, apparently, ScarJo. <laughs> actually listened to this whole album mm-hmm. i had some time i like tom waits the album for those who don't know is all tom waits covers except one song so i was like okay i'll put this on you know okay i i kind of like parts of it it wasn't bad i don't know if you got to check out any of this yeah i, I listened to one scarlett johansson track <laughs> maybe i i I think I well maybe two or three. I also know she didn't she do like an album with Pete Yorn. I didn't look that far that much into it, so I don't know about that one. Which a question for another podcast is who is Pete Yorn? You know, yeah. Again, he's I one of those guys. He's just like been around like. I keep seeing his, like, CD in the CD store ever since, like, 2004. I just, like, I don't know. He's still around. I feel like he came out with an album this year, and I don't even, like, know what his deal is. Yeah, again, I hate to keep going back to when I worked at Barnes & Noble, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he new... definitely is like a Barnes & Noble There was a, a new Pete Yorn CD. He's looking kind of old. I'm like, well, when yeah. was he famous? How did I miss this? What did he do? Is he British? Yeah, he's heyday. <laughs> I think he was like the mid two thousands. I think he's just kind of mid two thousands, kind of alternative rock. Yeah. 
don't know. I I, I, I we played the, I think I played that album, and it was just generic rock. It wasn't bad. It wasn't that good. Um, it was okay. Yeah. So yeah, for another podcast, <laughs> where I don't know what that's, who is Pete Yord? That'll be an entire show. Sounds pretty good. But uh, <laughs> a Scar Joe. She really likes Tom Waits more than maybe anyone because I, I consider myself a Tom Waits fan, not a super fan, but I've heard probably four or five albums. And um, there's songs on here I've like, I've no, I don't know this song. I've never heard of this song. What is this? Like one of them I saw was um, only on like a live album, but like an obscure live album. And another one was uh, on, is like the third disc of a Tom Waits box set. It's like, wow, she really dug deep to find uh, the songs she wanted to cover. You know, wanted to make them as deep as deep cuts they could be. So interesting song selection. Well, I don't, I thought I read that he might have been involved with the album. Like he really gave her these songs to record. I don't know if that's true. That would be interesting. You know, I, I don't really use a lot aside from Wikipedia, so I don't really have that much information outside of what's on there. But that could be very true. I guess no one just cared to fill out that Wikipedia page. There is some interesting collaborations on here. I mean, first of all, the whole album's produced by that guy from TV on the radio, oh, the guitar player. What's his name? The white guy. The white guy, yeah. <laughs> Dave Seatek. And the production's really good. It's really good. The, the first track is an instrumental. It's really cool. All sorts of horns and weird effects and reverb. Great job. He's a good producer. Uh, David Bowie yeah. is on this album. Hmm. He sings backup vocals. He's great. Makes me sad. Um, but he sounds great. I don't know how that happened. Well, he did. He, he did backup vocals on a TV on the radio song on "Return to Cookie Mountain." So there so you go, that's... David C. Cytek, whatever his name is. I'm not looking yeah. it up. I'm trying to remember it. Uh, yeah, he's got the connections. Yeah, I think the lead singer TV on the radio is also on a track. Probably. So yeah, some good some good quality people. As for ScarJo, not an amazing singer. Um, she has kind of a Nico vibe going on. Very low, like super low. Well, that's kind of the way your speaking voice is. She has kind of a very flat <laughs> sort of voice. It sounds it sounds nice on some tracks. It sounds yeah. cool. Like it does have a Nico vibe. Like that's a that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. So overall, I you know I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd ever listen to it ever again, but it's not like as stupid as I thought it might be. I thought it'd be some weird vanity project. It really isn't. I mean, when you have tracks that she doesn't even perform on, like an instrumental track, yeah. it seems like it really was an artistic, you know, decision movement. So props. Yeah. Props. What little I listened to of her music, I was pretty fine with. And I don't even like Tom Waits. So let's move on to the, the ranking. Uh, musical talent, though, I, I I put four. No, no, it feels too low. I feel bad. I'll give it five. Originality, I gave uh, eight. It's I mean, I, it's tough because they're all covers, but they're it's weird shit. Like, I would not imagine Scarlett Johansson to record this album. But that eight seems high. I don't know. Seven. <laughs> Listenability, seven. Nice, casual, good time. Uh, yeah. So, ScarJo, check it out. Uh, 
<laughs> to wrap this up. I'm going on a little long, but uh, next we have one of ScarJo's closest, dearest friends, uh, Christopher Lee. <laughs> we must stand up and wait more. This has gone on for too long. It's in all of our interest to subdue them once and for all. Uh, Christopher Lee. We all know him. Saruman, Dracula, great in the, the Wicker Man, the original Wicker Man, Last Unicorn. Classic actor. Great screen presence. And then, uh, I, I guess at some point, late 2000, you know, I guess late, early 2010s, maybe late 2000s, he's like, you know what? Let's, 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 let's get some studio time. <laughs> <laughs> I got something I gotta get my chest. I'm really in to King Charlemagne. <laughs> I may or may not be related to him. Let's do a metal opera. <laughs> okay, so I obviously this is gonna get a ten in originality. What the fuck? <laughs> How did this happen? He's like, was this his idea? Did someone be like, hey, hey, Chris, got any ideas? Yeah, you want to do some music? Well, actually. <laughs> and um, I don't even know I, I listened to this when it came out I listened to both there's two King Charlemagne albums I remember you uh, wrote about it on our blog the first one and then I remember you were the first person I thought of when I saw that he released a second one I was like dude John have you heard the new <laughs> Christopher Lee album and I don't think you had and then, and then you did and you wrote a review for that and you titled it Metal as Fuck. Yeah, so this is this is a, this is metal music. This is a guy who's like was almost ninety, maybe even ninety around the time you recorded it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a metal album. <laughs> so the parts when it's like, you know, just chug 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 and like I am King Charlemagne. It's pretty much the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the only problem with those albums is they're concept albums with other characters, so other people sing and they fucking suck. It's like a mm-hmm. shitty Phantom of the Opera kind of play. And those I hate so much. And there's some synths, synthesizers in poor taste. So, uh, as a whole, eh, you know. But, I mean, if we're just talking about Christopher Lee. But, you know, props to Christopher Lee for just going out there and giving it his all. And he gives it his all. He's super old. I'm sure that's all he had left. And it's fucking impressive. Except for all the shitty, like, weird dinner theater actors who had to sing on it. They suck. <laughs> but I guess, you know, we're just trying to judge the individual artists, not so much the bands. All right, so musical talent. This is tough. I don't want to... I said he's so sweet, but... I don't know. I like six. Sure. Uh, originality 10 because <laughs> it's the craziest thing I ever heard of listenability I gave it 5 because um, there's some pretty shitty like like I said like theater actors on this it's funny but it's I don't know if it's good I've still given them a pretty commanding score of 21 that's better than a lot of people on this it's list on the higher end on the higher end <laughs> All right, Colin, since I have lost access to the, the, the Google Sheets, 
Would you like to introduce our next artist? It's Ryan Gosling. I found out Ryan Gosling's music. I found about the band before I knew he was in the band. It was actually uh, a song by uh, Dead Man's Bones, which is Ryan Gosling's band, is in the movie The Conjuring, in the soundtrack during the movie. Which is weird, because it's set in the 70s. I guess like, this sounds old. People think this is old. But I was like, that's not an old song. What is this? And I checked out that album, and I kind of liked it. It's, uh... It's weird. It's spooky. It's spooky music. Ryan Gosling uh, plays piano. His buddy plays drums. They have a children's choir on a bunch of tracks. It's kind of has like a Black Keys vibe a little bit without guitar, though. More piano based. And I enjoyed it. Uh, Pitchfork gave it a 7.1, I think. It's pretty good. Not as good as William Shatner's has been. (laughs) 7.5 for that one. But solid rating. Did you get a chance to check out any of Dead Man's Bones, Colin? Uh, very little. But like, yeah, a couple songs seemed all right. It's all right. It's not the music. I don't know what kind of music I would expect from Ryan Gosling. He's kind of a weird guy. He does a lot of indie movies. You know, mm-hmm. he's cool. Cool guy. I like him. Cool guy. <laughs> but we're not judging on coolness. Uh, it's so hard to rate him. By, by not taking into account how cool he is. <laughs> I'm looking at my scores now, and for musical talent, I wrote eight. That's probably too high. He's a good... I don't know. He gets his message across, but he has a, like, a lot of effects on his voice. I'll give him a seven. Originality, I gave it an eight. It's pretty weird shit. I don't know if it always works, <laughs> but I like it. It's kind of retro. The kids' choir is interesting. I know some people hate when kids sing on songs, so not for everybody. And listenability, I gave a seven. I like that album. I wouldn't mind if they did another one, though they don't need to do that. So that gives them a score of what? Twenty-two. <laughs> just just one better than Christopher Lee. Wow, he's really killing it. <laughs> and last but not least. Maybe least. Maybe least. <laughs> Mr. Seth MacFarlane. You're the cream in my coffee. You're the salt in my stew. You will always be my necessity. I'd be lost without you. Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show. Created them all voice actor, and singer. Colin, what do you think about Seth MacFarlane as a singer? Uh, uh, 
No thanks. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> but Khan, these are like these are like crooner classics. I feel like there's nothing worse than like a guy in like t- 2016 doing the crooner shtick. It just seems like so. I don't even know. Like kind of smarmy and like it's like hey, I just wish things were simpler back in the 50s you know women couldn't do anything i could just smack them around and hang out with the guys <laughs> negroes weren't anywhere in sight <laughs> like for some reason that's what i think of when i hear music like this nowadays it's funny when you describe it like that because even though you know everyone knows Stephanie a diehard liberal you watch mm-hmm. Family Guy, and it's so lowbrow now, and like offensive and in poor taste. And I feel like it's that same attitude of like, oh, let's make fun of women who yeah, they're making our supper. Do, 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 do. <laughs> this weird kind of like fifties ish view of the world. <laughs> yeah. You can only appreciate if you're an older white male. Uh, I've heard multiple Seth MacFarlane albums from <laughs> from Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Old people love him. I always wonder. I'm like, you you know what he's what he's doing when he's not doing he's, this, right? He's making that show that you complain about. To your he's kids making all jokes time. about Bill Cosby drugging everyone on the show and then doing the dance to the opening credits, but everyone else is passed out. Like that was a joke. Mm-hmm. Like that was bad. But like, oh, love those tunes. Oh, I do 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 do. What's a, what's a Seth MacFarlane concert like? Just like so smug. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey, he's my martini. I guess I just hate it because he like sings exactly the way he does all of his fucking voice work. Where he's like, "Hey, I'm just singing a song. Look at me." <laughs> it's in that same tenor of his his voice acting. You know, I don't like it. It's weird too because it feels. So unlike what I like to imagine Seth MacFarlane is, you know, you think, oh, he's making this rebellious show like Family Guy. You know, he wouldn't do any of that, you know, that, I mean, that kind of bullshit, you know, like record an album. It's like the tackiest thing you can do, do a Christmas album. <laughs> but no, he does it because he's like, well, I guess I'm famous enough. I don't, I shouldn't do this, but I'm famous enough. Like, I, I wouldn't mind if he played some shows, you know, just went around, did his crooner bullshit. But he has to record it too. These songs that have been recorded hundreds of times before. Oh no, we need more. We need maybe, him to maybe, do maybe thousands of times, maybe thousands. millions of times. <laughs> no one needs to hear these songs again. But no, he likes that kind of music. That's what he likes to do. That's what we get. Uh, what's tough about this is I do think he is a good singer. I guess I just don't feel like it's a very hard genre of music to pull off convincingly. All right, for that I'm going to drop down what I gave him for musical talent. I gave him an eight. I'm going to give him a seven. I think he's good singer. Uh, Whatever. But here, here you go for originality. (laughs) Like one, one or zero, (laughs) zero. Right. Because this is the laziest thing you could possibly do. Like we established, it's been you know recorded millions of times. <laughs> no, it's bullshit. Listenability, I don't give a fuck. It's not that bad, but it pisses me off that it exists. Five, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 
Okay, good. All right. It's on the lower end. All right. So, so what, 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 what are the rankings here? I mainly just wanted to know, like, the high, high and low. Yeah, I didn't, because I didn't, like, I ranked them at the end of every one, but I didn't start ordering them. Yeah. Let's see. Let me see what the highest. I'll, would you want the highest first or the lowest first? Uh, let's do lowest first. Okay, I can already tell you that it's Bruce Willis. I don't even have to check. <laughs> it's Bruce Willis. Uh, for being so fucking lazy. Uh, other ones that were lower were Clint Eastwood, hmm. and Don Johnson got second pl- second worst <laughs> with ten. Bruce Willis had a nine. Give Hassoff twelve. Uh, highest. Okay, let's see. I gotta go through this one more time. Wow, William Shatner was surprisingly high, <laughs> considering that's I not gave surprising him a, to me. Surprisingly, I gave him a one for musical talent, <laughs> yeah. but he got a ten and nine in his other categories. <laughs> so he's like in like fourth place for Should not even being a musician. <laughs> I think from my score ranking, actually, it just barely goes to Jason Schwartzman. So. Uh, you know, I'm not super excited about it, but he's a real musician. He got a 23. Zoe Deschanel had a 21. William Shatner had a 20. Christopher Lee had a 21. Ryan Gosling had a 22. All right, there you have it. There's uh, artists. You Actually, you don't have to check out any of these, but uh, if you want to, you know where we stand. Give me a little, little history of uh, actors attempting music. So um, let, let's close out the show with a segment we like to do. It's a segment where we like to recommend an older album and a more recent album. That segment is called Yesterday and Today. Okay, clearly yesterday is the best place to start. So I'll start with yesterday. I'll go first. Um, I think I saw this album was reissued recently, which is why I felt the need to listen to it again. Just felt like a good time. And that's uh, Suicide. Suicide. Oh baby, oh baby, I love you. Have you heard Suicide, Colin? I feel like I keep bringing it up. Like, oh, you've heard Suicide? Like, I know of them and I know some of their songs, but I've still never listened to that first Suicide album. It's an, it's an acquired taste. It's uh, it's I guess electronic. It's kind of a uh, it's, a, it's a duo. One guy sings. He's not an amazing singer, but uh, it's moody. It's atmospheric. The other guy is playing synthesizers, and there's a drum beat. And I swear it's just the same drum beat through the whole album. It's <laughs> at the same tempo. It's basically like one big song, but it's got this cool kind of like dark, laid back vibe that I'm I'm into. Um, but it's weird. It's one of those things where it's like, even though I'm like pretty into it, I don't have any interest in listening to anything else they've ever done. It's like, this is enough. This is enough. This one album from the 70s. I know they did other stuff. I think they're still together. Um, I saw some of the live performances. They looked, they were terrible. Does not translate uh, to the stage well. <laughs> but cool stuff. Weird stuff. Um, for the 70s, to do this kind of stuff, that's pretty unique. It's like a weird, synthy velvet underground but like if even more stripped down if you can believe that yeah i should, I should probably listen to it 
at least at least once. Cause, you, you, yeah, it's an album I've known about forever, and you know I've I've listened to pretty much all the other big interesting bands to come out of that late seventies CBGB's New York scene. And I mean, Suicide seems like more out there than kind of any of those bands who are all kind of their own unique thing. But uh, I should check that one out. It's only 32 minutes. It's uh, taking no time. So Suicide, 1977, proto-punk, synth-pop, whatever you want to call it. It's cool. Colin, your Yesterday album. Okay, so... (laughs) This is one time where you're you're picking something that's like a, a lot cooler than mine. <laughs> this is a band like, look, I, I've known them forever. I don't, I don't know if I ever committed to the idea of actually liking them. I mean, I think I liked them when I was like a little kid and first discovering MTV, and then for a while it sort of became a kind of ironic thing. And then I just feel like at a certain point, if you like a band ironically for like 10 years or so, (laughs) there's, there's no irony there at that point. You just have to own it. And, uh, so I've been listening to the two sort of big albums by Blink-182. Yeah, they got a new album out, which I haven't listened to, but I, I've mainly just been listening to uh, Enema of the State, and the one I'll recommend will be Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, because it's a little less <laughs> known, but it's like just as good, you know, it's it's kind of like the volume one and two of sort of like their their golden sound, you know, yeah, just sure. that very clean, very upbeat uh, pop punk sound that I feel like, you know, if you're going to listen to any band to come out of that late 90s, early 2000s pop punk thing, I think I think Blink-182 is probably the best example of that. Because um, look, <laughs> it's just really upbeat, catchy music that's, you know, hard rocking and punky and stuff. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff I like. And, you know... They didn't take themselves too seriously. That's all right too. Oh yeah, and you know it's it's funny that you brought up Blink Me too. Yeah, they have a new album coming out, but over the Fourth of July weekend, my girlfriend were at a hotel and they're showing American Pie, mm-hmm. and Blink Me Two's in that movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> and some of the music is in there, and I got it stuck in my head. Uh, specifically, that song I can't remember what it's called. Like. Like this is growing up. Damn it! Which was a song that uh, we actually covered in a pop punk parody band I was in in high school called Free Porn. Yeah, yeah, we played that song. I always wanted to do that, but like do an actual three piece with you, me, and like Matt. Mm-hmm. I got I got a song. I got my skateboarding song called Fatty nice. Mofo. <laughs> It's fun music, man. You can put out, put it on. 
rock out to it. It'll probably get stuck in your head. Will you check out the new one? No. I hear I, it's okay. Yeah, I've heard it's okay. I saw the video for the single. I feel like the problem is, is you know, on this newest one, it doesn't have Tom DeLonge, yeah. which, sure, he has an annoying voice, but I feel like his annoyingness is complemented nicely by uh, Mark Hoppus's sort of flatter, more straightforward, monotone sort of voice. But I feel like the new guy they got just sounds exactly like Mark Hoppus, so there's no, like, dichotomy there. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the things that made this band work. Oh, and also, I guess I'll say, I know there's a subject we've been thinking about, um, like, <laughs> covering in a podcast or, like, a future one, which was just, like, how 9-11 shaped rock music at the turn yeah. of the century. I feel like this album... Take off your pants and jacket is a as a very good artifact of the summer of two thousand one, because that's when it came out and it's just like good times party music. Yeah, that was such a drastic change. That would be interesting to talk about. Yeah, I've heard Enema of the State. I think back in the day, my brother had mm-hmm. it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's catchy. It's, it's good stupid, teenager music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good teenager music. That's it. It's good to you. It's good. Good thing for the kids. Kids mm-hmm. will enjoy it. <laughs> Give your kids a Blinkway Two CD for their birthday. All right, let's move on to the albums of today, and my album is Whitney. Oh, don't you save me from hanging on. I think so. Was that that's a band um, made up of people from Smith Westerns? That sounds right. I don't know a lot about the, the formation. Yeah, I, I listened to one of their albums back in like 2009 or whatever. But I wanted to listen to to Whitney. I heard a couple tracks. They were very interesting, very eclectic, kind of California jangly rock falsetto vocals that I. It was interesting um so i bought the album and drove around to it uh in the nice weather during fourth of july weekend and really grew on me i really liked uh the arrangements i wasn't sure about the falsetto because every track is falsetto hmm. but it works it's kind of like uh kind of reminds me of what's his face that dude who lives in the cabin <laughs> oh uh bonnie Vare. yeah it's kind of like bonnie Vare, but with more like like i was saying kind of a california rock Mm-hmm. backing with jangly instruments and there's some cool like brass sections and stuff too and strings it's very well put together and uh yeah it was great it's great for the summertime whitney I, what was it called love upon the lake I, i'm recommending an album i don't even remember the name it's kind of, i'm actually looking at their wikipedia it's called light upon the lake. light upon the lake and they were formed by two former members of smith westerns yeah, it's a, it's a drummer and a other guy. <laughs> okay. Like I said, I don't know too much about the uh, the history here. All I know is uh, what, what I'm hearing on the album, and I enjoy it. So, uh, mm-hmm. Whitney, Colin, your album of today. 
Uh, my album of today is, you might know it, it's by uh, Case Lang Veers. I'm not the fair girl, man. I'm not the fair hair girl. I'm not a pan of milk for you to spoil. While the wholesome things, the ones we make up sort of super group between Nico Case, uh, Katie Lang, and Laura Veers. It's uh, pre pretty much what you'd expect from those three, uh, like, folky sort of alt-country with, you know, strains of rock and pop thrown in. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's very pleasant sort of, it's good background music. Like, I've been working a job where I'm doing a lot of writing on my computer, and when you're writing for hours on end, you need music, but you don't want music that sort of distracts you. And this is nice, soothing music to put on. Um, it's almost like, kind of like a female Fleet Foxes, I would say. It's kind of oh. the sound on here. And it's, I don't know, it's weird because I haven't really listened to any of these three artists that much. Probably Nico Case is... The one I'm most familiar with, but it's still like I mostly know her from New Pornographers. I've heard a few of her solo albums, but uh, she's always good. And uh, I didn't know much about Laura Veers either, but she's got a song on here that I really like called Best Kept Secret. It's super catchy. And it's good. Good. They're all, they're all good singers. I can only imagine that sounds beautiful. Yeah, the harmonizing's pretty pretty like a, cool like a female crazy stills nash yeah that's a good comparison also cool yeah i saw i was like at a movie theater and there is a i think i was seeing finding dory but they had like the feature before the movie like the feature at like but you know whatever they call it, first look and they talked about that mm -hmm. and played some music from that i'm like oh that's cool i like that so i'll have to check that one out what's the album called it's just their names yeah, I think it's it's just called Case Slaying Veers. Okay, Case Slaying Veers. Um, cool, awesome. Well, there you have it. So our recommendations. Um, hopefully, you learned a lot today. I know I did about the world. <laughs> this was Rock Talk. Uh, you can find it at uh, on iTunes. Just search Mildly Please. You can find our other podcasts, or you can also go to our website mildlyplease.com where we have the podcast you know and you know send us a message or a comment spam bot you know or not we'd love to hear from you all right I guess it's time for me to get back where i belong all right see ya.